JT, what's going on, man? We got How's it going? Ole Miss pitcher, brand new Ole Miss pitcher, JT quit on today. How's it going up there? Going pretty well. Um, just excited to be on here. So. Hell yeah, man. Before we start, I do got to give a shout out to my dad, Mr. Fisher. Yep. This happened. I know he's gonna he's gonna be listening. So thank you, Dad, for making this happen. And thank you, JT. I hope you learned an equation or two under him. No, I did. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big baseball guy too. Yeah, yeah. So JT, uh Berkeley, your senior year, I want you like kind of your rundown of your season, like how you felt about it, and then kind of like your transition now into old miss. Kind of like, can you just give us a rundown of your last year or so? Yeah, wait, real quick before you put JT. So for people that don't know, you had 68.1 innings pitched, nine wins, 1.02 ERA, and 82 strikeouts. It's pretty not bad if you ask me. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the, I, I thought this year went really well for me um, and the team, obviously. Um, we were state runner-ups this year. Uh, we got really hot the first, I don't know, 22 games of the season. Um, we went like 22-0. We obviously knew it was really good. Um, but, yeah, I thought it went great. Um, obviously, being state runner-up is a really tough thing to do. Um, so that was just a lot of fun to be able to play with the guys, I don't know, for one last time that I've been with for the past four years. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just being here now, it's um, pretty smooth transition, I would say. Um, everyone here is doing a really good job of – um, helping us all out, like all the recruits and stuff. Um, so I, I think it's been great, at least the transition so far. Did you start – when did you start going to Berkeley? Were you a high schooler only? Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade? Yeah, yeah. Now, did you go there with the intent of you wanting to play under Warren and stuff? Yeah, I think he went – I think he was like – I think he was there for three years or so. Um, and obviously you heard stories about him at, at Jesuit and – um, how great of a coach he was there. So, I mean, you wanted to kind of be a part of his greatness. Um, and I wish we finished the job this year, but I think we did um, a pretty good job of at least writing a little story for ourselves. Yeah, so you guys actually swept Jesuit this year. You went two for two, I believe. So we went one we, – we just played it one time and we beat them then. Yeah, yeah. So that was – that's what's crazy, dude, is to think that that team won states and you guys didn't. I don't – like okay. – that Berkeley's team was stacked. That's all you guys have a Wake Forest commit, Florida State commit, you, yeah. uh, Coastal Carolina commit, a Northwestern commit. Like that, I, I mean, I went to Berkeley way back in the day, and I don't ever remember a single team at Berkeley ever having that much death. So it's crazy to see what Warren's done, and especially with the baseball program and how they kind of su supported it and the growth of it. You know, it used to be like you, you guys were kind of like Jesuit's little brother, and now it's like you can go play baseball at Berkeley or Jesuit and make something happen. Exactly. Um, it's a pretty cool thing, just being able to um, be a part of something like that and, and kind of the building of a program um, into what it, it has become now. Um, so that was pretty cool. Now, did you pitch in the state finals or were you in the state semis? I was the semis. Semis. What was that like? It was pretty, it was pretty awesome, just the whole experience and all. Um, I didn't play summer ball last year. Um, so just being around the guys in a hotel for a night and being able to, like, I don't know, just have fun. Uh, it, it was it was kind of a new, like an old, um, like nostalgic thing for me, um, which is pretty cool. And then obviously pitching in the state semi game was um, in a huge stadium with, I don't know, a couple hundred people was that was a really cool thing as well. So. 
which uh, which stadium was that? Because I remember when we went to states, I'm pretty sure it was the Twins minor league play. Yep, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, it's in the big. Um, it's in the big stadium there. Is it nice? Like it's nice facility. I'm assuming. It was very nice. Yeah. Good. You had good support there from Berkeley fans. Did we have what? Good support there from the Berkeley fans. Yeah. So we had. the only problem was they had exams. The yeah, first, yeah, that's what that's the issue with base baseball, bro. Yep. That's the issue. It's yep. always so, exams. Exactly, and then um, so we had, I think it was a fan bus or two come. Um, I don't know. We had all the parents, probably like forty students, fifty students. Um, Not bad. That that was it. It was pretty cool just seeing all the all the people that you kind of grew up with um, being there for you, like probably one of the biggest games of your life. So that was awesome. No, for sure. Did, did you get your exams pushed back? So I didn't take the exams this year. Really? I had like all alternative assessments. So that was pretty nice. Um, for you, man. So you were, you were chilling regardless. Yeah, exactly. I was just kind of focused on baseball at that point. So. Yeah. I'm a, so were you on varsity all four years at Berkeley? Mm-mm. I was a JV freshman year. Okay. Cause yeah. I don't know if you were still – I don't know if you were at Berkeley when I was still at uh, CDS when we had RC runs because we used to play Berkeley like every year. You'd have been a freshman, then, I believe. Yeah, I think I think it was my freshman year when yeah. you guys were good. Yeah, we went like 25-4. Dude, we should have <laughs> beat Calvary that year. When Calvary was the number one team in the country, I thought we had that game. They had them beat, bro, and they were going to snap the streak. Yeah, Jeez. but Berkeley, Berkeley was one of our only four losses, like – I don't know why, like we had beaten them years prior, but they always, they always seem to have our number. But I, I mean, they had. Bosnick. I can tell you why. It's because Julian Bosnick shoves. Julian Bosnick, he's going to uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah, he yeah. just, he just, uh, he, there's like last week he just committed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever get to talk to him or like any of the older Berkeley alumni at all, like Sam Bennett or any of those guys? Um. So Sam, I'm I'm best friend or not best friends, but I'm I'm friends with uh one of Sam's brothers. That's um, right. Yeah, you're in younger the brother. Yeah. yeah. So we were pretty close for a little bit. Um, and I guess I I talked to him occasionally, but um, he he works his butt off, man. I mean he he's a really good um role model to have, and um he just does all the right stuff, I think. Um, and then Bosnick, I I worked out with him for. I don't know, a couple weeks, whatever, like I think a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he, he was pretty cool too. Um, he, he's, he's also another quiet. Player. Yeah, he's quiet. He, 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 he grinds. He's like, He grinds in silence, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's a yeah. worker for sure. Yeah. So are you – I'm assuming you have a lot of old teammates now on teams, either in your conference or on teams you're going to end up playing this year. Are you looking forward to competing against those guys? Like have you talked about it at all or – I guess talk shit a little bit at least. <laughs> um, I, I don't think we have a ton of guys that are um, already there, but I mean, we know a bunch of people that are going to SEC, ACC um, schools this year, like that were at Berkeley this year that that uh, we were best friends with. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, we've we've talked crap, obviously, and uh, I don't know. I'm just excited to compete against them, so that'll be fun. Is that something that's cool for you is like seeing like, you know, backing on this new success of Berkeley baseball is like seeing now how it spreads out to the next level and how you're able to talk to guys like Julian Bosnick and Sam Bennett. Because like I said, when I was there, that didn't really exist. There was no like elite baseball players that you could look up to or model after and be like, oh, I can't wait to play Berkeley baseball to be like so-and-so. You know, that didn't exist yet. 
um yeah that's it's it's obviously really cool um i think that there's a bunch of guys that are i think there's a bunch of guys that have have kind of paved the path for us um and if we can't i guess we don't talk to them a ton but um i guess following in their footsteps is has always been kind of a, a goal of um all of my teammates and uh myself as well so yeah you've been you've been working on or anything yet at Ole Miss or you're just like getting adapted and like taking summer classes yeah so we did we're taking weeks we're taking a summer class and then we we've, we've had workouts for two weeks two and a half weeks now what are the um, workouts like they're tough they're tough um but yeah I, I think that that's a I don't know that it's the best thing possible for me right now um have you been talking to any of the older guys, like any of the other pitchers, and like trying to pick their brain a little bit, or like try to learn what it's about to be like, or the transition? Yeah, and they, like, all credit to them. They've been awesome so far. Um, I mean, they've really, I, I don't know. You kind of think going into it that um, the older guys are going to kind of big league the younger guys a little bit and kind of themselves, but that's just not been the case here. It's been awesome. Like every single one of them is. Uh, super open and, and answering questions and talking to you about the program and all this stuff. And it's been really cool. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So for your summer program, do they have you more on like weightlifting for now? Like, do they even have you thrown at all over the summer? Like, are they just trying to like take it easy on the arms and then um, I guess ramp you up closer to season? Um, so I took about four weeks off of throwing um, <laughs> right after our season. So like end of May to end of June, so right when I got up here, I started throwing. Um, they wanted us to kind of slowly ramp up, but start early. Um, and yeah, we've been weightlifting as well, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's it's been really good up here so far, I'd say. Yeah, you, you guys have had, a, like bomb stars like you. Oh my bad, but um, I was gonna ask, do you guys have a diet program? I'm assuming so, because I know uh, my cousin at Wake. They like like when he got there, he said I didn't even realize how much uh, the diet changed for me. He's like they literally had me eating four or five thousand calories a day, like had to be like tracked every second. So yeah, is it, is it like that there now? Yeah, we have a we have a great dietitian. Um, her name's Jordan, and she's with I think us in basketball. Um, but we have our own like nutrition center like right upstairs that we can walk to, grab a protein shake, snack, whatever we want. Um, and then I think last week we did um, this thing called a bod pod and you walk into it, sit in it and it does like body fat percentage, um, how many calories you need to like maintain your weight and then how many t- calories you need to make, how many calories you need to gain weight. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's top notch stuff here. And, and I guess knowing that information about dieting is something that I've never had before. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've already put on, I don't know, 10 pounds in the past two yeah. weeks. So, I mean, I, I didn't know dieting kind of um, is the foundation for gaining weight. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't really take it into, I didn't put it in there. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, everyone here has been awesome about kind of figuring out your goals and, and how to achieve them. So, yeah, dude, I didn't start like, cause I, I wrestled and fought my whole life, but I never really like when I was in high school, it was just like, Eat, eat as healthy as you can think of and drink a lot of water. And then when yeah. I got older, I started like researching it more, doing my own work. And like, I, I was like, there's gotta be a way for me to feel great at all times. So I started like adjusting my diet and I started like doing trial and tribulations, like with, with certain foods. Like I would try rice as my carbs for a week, see how my body would feel before and after workout with rice or like with pasta and stuff. 
And I started noticing like how my body reacted better to certain stuff and how like it didn't, it was like more sluggish or took longer to digest certain things or like inflammation. Like I just started looking at everything. And then once I got it to a T, I finally did it like the proper way for the first time in my life for my, my first fight camp. And I felt amazing. Like my, I felt like my body recovery sped up. I felt like I got better sleep. Like it's crazy. You hear it from like the top guys all the time preaching about it. When you're young, especially in high school, you don't think about that shit. You're like, oh. yeah, and then you actually start thinking about it and you just implement little things. And it's like one of those things that like can completely change the game. You never even think about. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of what it's been for me here. Um, and I've always thought of myself as it's really tough for me to gain weight. I don't know. I, I can't gain weight, that kind of thing. Um, and I guess this two week experience has changed my mind about that. I mean, being 6'6 six, six is also probably pretty hard to, to gain some weight. Yeah, yeah. I just think it, it, there was something wrong that I was doing. So it's it's pretty cool to see it already corrected up here. So Yeah, so Zach was telling me earlier, and I, I don't know how exactly the long period, but you went up like 12 miles per hour in your velo in like a year, right? Like two years? Um, I don't remember. I think I was 80, 80 in freshman year. Um Yes, I might have had a really big jump. Um, I think I was like 88 sophomore year. Um, yeah, I, I grew like, I think, four inches or something like that sophomore year. Um, I was like 6'4". Like, what? Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I was pretty skinny. Um, and, yeah, that's when I got recruited here. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I think I gained a little bit of velo between there. Now, what what was it that you were doing differently to help that? You think it was just natural puberty, or were you like trying to put on weight? Were you working with a better throwing coach? Like, do you think there was something you did that that you did to change that? I think it was a mix of both. Um, oh shit! <laughs> um, I think it was a mix of both. I guess my uh, my freshman year, I wasn't really, I was small and, and skinny as well. Um, and then obviously, I grew sophomore year, um, got a little bit thicker. And I think the big change was starting to work out um, at that age. So, I, I don't know. I, I probably put on 20 pounds then. Um, and that also really helped. Um, so, I don't know. Just getting in the weight room was really big for me, I think. So, what kind of helped solidify your decision to commit to Ole Miss? Like, coming out of Berkeley, I don't know if, like, they reached out to you or you were reaching out to colleges at the time, but, like, what? like really cemented for you that I wanted to go to Ole Miss? Um, I think, I think everything about it. Um, I did, I did a lot of research cause it was in COVID. So I had nothing else to do, um, but I was talking to our coaches here. They were awesome. That was, that was a really big decision point for me. Um, you said they reached out to you sophomore year. Yeah. They reached out to coach Warren. Oh, yeah. um, and that's kind of how I got recruited. Um, but yeah, th that was a really big point for me, just having coaches that I could really trust and um, develop under for hopefully the next three years, um, three to four years, whatever it is. And um, obviously the facilities are really good. Developmental programs are really good. Um, and just being able to compete at the highest level in, in college baseball, was, um, that was really important for me. So that was something I really wanted. Um, so I guess all that together, just blended into a perfect mix for me. And um, I guess being up here now is kind of proving that decision to me. Yeah. And they're pretty good at baseball too, you know, excuse me. They're also pretty good at baseball. They, they're pretty, 
So <laughs> that helped a little bit too. Yeah. Now, um, what's it called? When they were recruiting you, they couldn't reach out to you yet because you were too young, right? Yeah. Um, so so, like, you were just kind of like third party talking to Coach Warren? No. So uh, the recruiting rule is, I guess, um, they can re- reach out to Coach Warren, then Warren can reach out to me, and then I can text the coaches here. Okay. And then you can set up a call. But they can't answer anything you do unless it's a call. Damn. Or like text. Until you're until like the what the July first going into junior year, I believe. I think September first. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you so you were talking about getting recruited during COVID, does that mean you like you couldn't go on any visits there? Like, what was what was no. the process like during COVID? Um. So I got, I guess, a few offers, whatever. Um, but it was. I guess you tell the coaches, um, at least my thought process was, um, tell the coaches that I'm going to take my time and, and visit these schools. And if I like your school enough, then I'll, I'll come here. And a little bit of that was um, just kind of seeing what they would say and um, how much a priority I, that I am to them. Um, so right when I told Ole Miss, I was like, hey, I appreciate the offer. Um I'm going to take my time with this, this decision. And um, if you're okay with it, probably spend a couple of weeks and trying to get on a visit, like to come here mm-hmm. and kind of the selling point where I knew I, I was going to make the right decision in, in committing there was, he was like, take your time. There's no rush at all. Like you're a really high priority to us. So um, just take your time. Yeah. So it wasn't so, like, Oh, we got another guy. If you don't want to come, it's like, now nah, you're our guy. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was a that was a um, selling point for me, at least. So that was really yeah. How many how many schools did you visit? Like if you even visit any at all? I didn't. So I, I didn't visit any. I committed here and then I visited like three days later. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't visit any schools before I committed. That's crazy. Yeah. And you got to love also playing at Ole Miss. Like you got to love the fan atmosphere. Like that's a that's a that's yeah. a school where like they're tailgating for baseball games. Like they're going to the baseball games, they're hosting the regional and like, there's everyone there. Like that's something yeah. that's awesome too. Cause especially with baseball, it's like really hit or miss with how the school, like, like back. Exactly. But at Ole Miss, you're getting sold out games almost every game, dude. And you're playing in big time games as well, playing in the SEC. Yeah. Um, I think there's like 9,000 average fans here. Um, awesome. Absurd for college baseball. Yeah. That's awesome. So I don't know that that goes to show how how good our fan base is, and um, you can already tell after after we won the World Series, um, all the recruits were up here. I mean, there's people coming into Tupelo, that's another city in in Mississippi. Um, Tupelo, here, I mean, there's just thousands of fans, and um, that was just awesome to see. Uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Ole Miss is when they hit a home run, the fans throw their beers up, right? Or the beers in the right field. Oh, dude, that's that is so lit. That is Y'all. so lit. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that that's an atmosphere you want to play baseball in for sure. Yeah, exactly. Not a, maybe not as a pitcher when uh you're playing against somebody. Yeah, yeah, and they go yard on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any places you're looking forward to playing at this year? Like any stadiums you maybe haven't played in yet, or like have been looking forward to? Honestly, I think I think just here. Um, I don't know. We throw on this field every day. So um, you always kind of dream on 13,000 people sitting here and, and everyone screaming and, and, it, and be, it being loud. So um, I don't know. This is a place where I really want to play. 
Now, was it being SEC like a big deal for you too? Like you kind of wanted to – because like it's – without an argument, SEC is the best conference college baseball. Yeah. Like Big 12 and ACC are solid, but in-depth-wise, that no one's the SEC. Was that yeah. – the playing for SEC another thing that like meant a lot to you? Yeah, I think so. I think just playing against the best competition in the country um, was something that I wanted to have and just to be able to challenge myself. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a pretty big factor for me. Yeah, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you if you ball in the SEC, you're legitimate. Like that's just that's just how yeah. it is. And it yeah. it just sets you up best um, in the future. And I don't know. I think that this is the best place for me to be. Yeah. So I was on I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw that um, MLB released like a draft report on you. I guess they're like scouting report of you, and they said that right now you just have like a fastball and curveball mix. Are you working on developing like a changeup or any other secondary pitches like at this time, or like you thinking of adding anything? Yeah. Um, so yeah, fast. I'm, I am fast one curveball heavy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, even since I've been up here, I've added a changeup and somewhat of a slider. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's crazy how you get one little tip from the right person and it's it's a good pitch in your mix. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, these guys have been like I said been really awesome to me and um the two pitches i got um the change up in the slider up here that both been from returners um so that was pretty cool just for them to be able to reach out and um say hey this is how i throw my change up this is how i throw my slider you should try it out whatever um so yeah that was, that was pretty cool i feel like sometimes when it's like a teammate or like someone that's not your coach but like you kind of like admire like look up to a little it's easier to correlate with them and it's easier to like, like if your teammates like, yo, JT, look, this is how I do it. You can relate that easier. Cause you know, like you're like in his shoes versus if a yeah. coach is drilling you like, Oh, do it like this. It's like, dude, I don't want to hear this no more. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think to some extent that's true. Um, I don't know. These guys are, um, it's just one little thing kind of makes it click in your head. Um, and whether that's a coach or a player, I think that's, um, super important so for sure now something i wanted to ask you what do you think is more crucial for being a successful pitcher having like one or maybe two like disgusting pitches or having an arsenal of like five to six pretty average okay pitches um i think if you can command a, a bunch of pitches i think that's really beneficial for you um i think it's super hard to get away with having two pitches as a starter. Um, mm. So that's why I am currently trying to get four pitches, three pitches, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is really hard to compete with two pitches as a starter. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I'd probably say, f I guess four or five pitches um, that are average to okay um, would be better in my opinion. Well, yeah. So when do you guys start scrimmages or like when do you do like inter squad games? I think early to middle October. Oh, that's okay. a lot. So you're not too. Yeah, you're chilling. For yeah. 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 yeah you're chilling. Okay. There's no, there's no, this might be really stupid, but I don't play baseball, but there's no fall ball or like winter ball in college, right? So there's like a mini camp. It's, it's kind of like a mini camp. Um, yeah. I guess we have, I think we have two 18 inning games during the course of the year or the course of the fall. Um, but, yeah, it's not like a college or a bunch of games or anything like that. So. Yeah, because in high school it's like that, right? Like you guys just go and play other high schools, but it's like it doesn't really count. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, dude, you yeah. can literally play baseball year-round. That's crazy. I know. It is. That's another thing. Do you think, uh, like, because I know you played a lot of travel ball because I saw your perfect game profile. I was trying to go through that. And then um, what I kind of got out of it was, is that being from Florida, you get to literally play baseball year round, like whenever you best want. Kids against the best yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Florida has like the best competition out of like all the States? Like, and what is your experience um, playing other States like in the country? Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, there's a bunch of different States that are obviously the, I guess, uh, considered the top dates for, um, like Florida, California, and Texas, I think. Um, I don't know. I think that playing here, you, you obviously face really good competition. Um, and I guess that's kind of what, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that there's really good. Competition. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, for sure. I think Florida, I mean, like you said, though, those are just three states you can play year-round. Yeah, exactly. And did you, that's did the, you only play baseball growing up, or did you play anything else, too? So I played football, um, I think, up until my freshman year. And then, I mean, a little bit of basketball here and there. Um, but, like, when but you got to high school, you were ready to commit to baseball? Pretty much. I think sophomore year was when I was like, yeah, this is, this is my sport, and if I can get anything out of it, I love this game. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep playing it, that kind of thing. Were you always a PO or did you did you hit it all? So I hit going into sophomore year, and then I I think I, I grew a lot and just got really uncoordinated, but <laughs> not really. So yeah, what's yeah. the like? Like I said, I never played baseball, but when is like the age for like a kid when they're kind of like, all right, we're not going to be a utility guy anymore. Like this is what we're going to do. Like I'm going to be a PO. Like is there like a, usually like a an age where kids start to figure that out? I just I think it's probably when you get to the bigger fields, um, it just kind of starts to show that some kids um, like myself cannot really play the field or hit. Um, so yeah, I mean probably around freshman sophomore year, I'd say. Yeah. Wait, did, did you play little league uh, in Florida? I did. Or yeah. In Tampa. Yeah. So wait, which which organization did you play for? Uh, it was like Keystone Little League. Oh, you play for Keystone? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what was their, like, age groups? Because, like, I don't think – I'm pretty sure the field dimensions correlate. Because um, I know I played in Forest Hills and Citrus Park, and then it was, like, Shetland Pony, like, that system, and I completely forget the other one. But, like, they had huge jumps from, like, the 200 field to the 300. Like, that was – a big change for a lot of players. And that's when we saw like kind of the drop off from kids playing baseball. Like it went from like, all right, you can like kind of get away with not being good. But once you get to the 300 field, like you kind of have to, you kind of have to be able to play the game. Like this isn't, this isn't going to be a joke anymore. Yeah. Johnny, sorry, dude, you suck now. You can't hit the ball that fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, I can't hit anymore. I just got to throw the ball. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of sports, though. What What would you say is like the biggest factor, baseball wise, like between the high school and college level? Like, what What makes the, the jump so much? Like, what makes the game so much different? Um, I think probably just physicality. Um, you come up here and you see guys that are, I don't know, six three, two forty, like some big guys. Yeah. Uh, that have obviously been in the weight room for years. Um, so those guys that just 
are naturally really talented kind of separate themselves when uh, you get to college and, and there's guys that are, are, are lifting ridiculous amounts of weight and just really big. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably physicality. And you're also going from you could be pitching, especially at Berkeley, you play like another school like Berkeley, like Tampa Prep or something. You could legitimately be pitching against a 13 or 14 year old. Yeah. Like exactly. a middle school varsity. And then you go here and you have grown yeah. ass men. Yeah. I mean, there's, especially with COVID, there's 22, 23 yeah, year old no, guys. You have like seven now, years so. that you could be playing against. Yeah. That's exactly. insane to think about, dude. That's crazy. That is crazy. And then you got like BYU and they're like 45 playing baseball. Yep. <laughs> That's crazy to think about, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so, yeah, sorry, goes on. So what I was going to say is when you got to Ole Miss, do you guys do a lot of team activities outside of baseball? Because I know for, like, some of the hardest transition is, like, you're leaving your hometown to come to a completely new state. So, like, they're trying to – I'm assuming they're trying to make that transition easier for you. It's like, are they doing anything to help with that at all, you feel? Yeah, I think that's – I think that's where the returners and older guys come in. Um, we went over to their house and, I don't know, we play cards or, or just – uh, mess around and um, have fun, but I think that's just kind of uh, like a returner saying it, it wasn't wasn't forced by any coaches or anything like that. It's just the older guys wanting to get to know the younger guys and, and vice versa. Uh, so yeah, there, there's been a little bit of it, um, and it's been really fun so far. So I'm excited to keep going. How many kids were in your signing class? Ooh, 16, 17? Holy crap! How many kids were on a baseball team in college? Uh, I think 40 or so, Damn. but we're losing, we're losing probably, I don't know, 20 guys or so. We're losing a bunch of people this year. Is Elko Whether it's staying? To the draft or, excuse me? Is Elko staying? No, he's, he's, he's done. He's getting drafted this year, I think. He was close this year. Mm-hmm. You've been keeping up with the MLB draft at all? Excuse me? Have you been keeping up with the MLB draft at all? So we watched it last night. Uh, one of my boys um, got drafted, um, Roman Anthony, to the Boston Red Sox in the 79th pick. Uh, so, yeah, we were, we were keeping up for that. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, That's awesome. And I don't know, it was just it was just kind of cool to see um, guys that you played against or played with um, going in the draft and seeing where they go and stuff like that. Yeah, and it so, kind of so. gives you that sense of, like, if they did it, I did everything they were doing, like, I could do it too. The Kind of like a realization in some way. Yeah. Um, I think it's just extra motivation. Um, you want to get to those – you want to get to there one day, um, whether it's it's now or um, in two to four years or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's extra motivation. Now, baseball is extremely mental. Like, I would say probably just as important as the physical aspect – is there anything you've been trying to do differently now to help strengthen your mental or help get your mindset right for college? Like, is there any like tips or stuff they're doing? Are you, like you reading, like anything at all? Yeah. I mean, um, we have, I think it's like three or four um, sports psychologists up here. Um, and you're, you're encouraged pretty highly to, to go and see them um, and just talk. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's going to help a lot. Um just talking to someone about your performances, what's on your mind, that kind of thing is, is going to really help. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we are. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, like not trying to knock on you, but there's definitely going to be a point where like, you're going to go through like a time where you're like, dude, I suck. Like, I don't even oh, yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, and, that's already happened too. 
Um, yeah, have that that support, have something like that. I feel yeah. like it's so beneficial to such a young athlete. Yeah, it, it's it's really hard to keep a yeah on the on the best ever attitude and, and confidence level at all times. Um, there's obviously times where you kind of doubt yourself, and um, when when things get really tough. But I think it's just having the mental capacity to, to stick through that and um, keep working or whatever you have to do at that given moment um, and just keep pushing along. Sure. So. I mean, you went from Berkeley where you were the guy and then you go to Ole Miss and there's 15 other guys that are the guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And everyone everyone here is, was the guy at their high school. Exactly, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So – when you get on the mound, though, you said like it's hard to keep to keep, to keep her um, sustain that like I'm the best mentality. Is that kind of the philosophy you use when you're on the mound? Like, is that what you're thinking? Um, I think that there's a, a certain level of um, cockiness that you have to you have to bring to the table um, when you like when you're in between the lines. Um, like you said, baseball is a, a really mental game, and it's hard to compete with the best out there if you don't think you're the best. So. Um, I think you like kind of have to, you have to think about it that way, in my opinion. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's hard to compete with the best if you don't think you're the best. Yeah, and and obviously you don't want it to come off as as super cocky, um, but I guess that's the way. That's just the way I think about it when I'm I'm in between the white lines. So yeah, but it's not a cocky. That's a confidence, dude. That's not a cocky. Yeah. You, you being cocky would be like, like I'm better than every kid in this field. Not nah, you just going out there and you. It's kind of like you know you belong there. Like, I yeah. know I'm supposed to be here. You know, that that's a confidence thing, 100%. I would not call that cockiness. Yeah. That's true. I wouldn't call that cockiness. But we had – um, I don't know if you know who he is, but uh, Jack Anderson, who used to play a Jesuit, and then he pitched at, at Florida State. We had yeah. him on the podcast, and he was saying one of the biggest transitions for him, which is another – a mental thing, which I want to piggyback off of it, is plate discipline. And, like, he's like, you'd go out there and pitch, and in high school you could get tired and just – be, slide by just being better at pitching and just start kid out or like throw a ball that's you know it's gonna get ground or something like that. He's like versus when he got to Florida State, it was like every single pitch he had to give hundred percent. Like you can't take a pitch off. Is that something you you started to notice or something you're trying to get prepared for and work well work well with as well? Yeah, I think that's I think you get little glimpses of that when you play teams like Jesuit or, or Calvert Christian, um, where there's really no breaks in the lineup, um, and you have to pay attention to every single pitch. Um, that's being thrown and yeah that's that's a super hard thing to do at first um but i think if you're if you're locked in and, and you have a really good mental side of the game and then, then it's, it's possible um but yeah i mean it's that is a really tough thing to do to go from high school where like you said you're facing 13 year old kids and you can just throw if you're i don't know good enough you can just throw a fastball by them um See, so, yeah, I think that's a really big change. I think you're right. Yeah, and I don't like baseball, but I just feel like that'd be so frustrating. Like, like if I'm just exhausted in the, in the heat and 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 Ole Miss or in Florida, and it's like I'm just going to exactly. buy this kid and get a strikeout. Versus now, it's like I have to be surgical. Like I can't just zoom and buy him. And it's just attention to detail, and, and um, that gets super hard when it's I don't know a Tuesday game with nobody there, and it's 95 degrees. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that it takes a, a special kind of competitor to um, to be able to deal with that. And I think that's what a lot of these schools try and recruit, not just really good players, but people that have a really good competitive edge. So, yeah. 
so um do you think you were like kind of instilled that philosophy or or like your mental side of the game or do you feel like you just kind of learned it through playing um i think it was trial and error i think i think it was like sophomore year i was i was super lackadaisical and um just would kind of go out there and uh, try and throw hard but not really um think about too much but then once it got to junior year and it got more real then i think you (laughs) i think you lock it in um and i don't know get a more professional mindset yeah that's what i was about to ask you when did it come when did it was it your sophomore year where it's like this is no longer a game like this is my job like when was like you flip the switch and you're like this is what we're gonna do now like we're gonna go play college baseball um probably junior year i think um Obviously, you still have a lot of fun, um, but I think it becomes more about – not more about, but um, I guess more of your mind gets dedicated to, um, yeah, this is this is the livelihood. Um, and, yeah, it's not just a game, but, yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it comes way more – I remember when I was, like, in middle school and high school, I remember kids telling me, like, yeah, like – this is the last time you're really going to like love it and have fun because the next level is like a job and like in college, it's literally your life. Yeah. Um, I think if, if you're playing at this level, you still obviously love the game. Um, and that's, if you want to make it far, that has to be a driving factor in your motivation. Um, just really loving the game. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's some parts of in the back of your head where there's scholarships on the line, there's, there's money on the line, that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it is hard to stay laser focused, but um, I think for a lot of people, and I think of myself this way, um, it, the love of the game kind of takes over all that stuff. And that's really the only thing on your mind when, whenever you're um, about to skip a workout or uh, not throw that day or, or those kind of things. So that's just the one thing that pops in your head, just the love of the game. So um, you just dedicate yourself towards it, I think. Yeah, like that. And then what you said about like that Tuesday game with Bowling's there. Cause I used to have a coach that was like, you should love it to the point where like if nobody was there at all, you still want to compete and win. Like that's how yeah. I love it. Like, cause it's like you got to think of yourself as like a little kid in the backyard playing baseball or like anything. It, it's you, if you took away all the fans, you took away all the glory and it was just you and that, me and that kid or like you and that team, there's no one else there and you just play to win. That's what, that's what it should mean. Like you should want to win it, not for the fame, but because the, you want to win the game. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good way to put it. I think that's really hard for some people to do, too. Um, I think people get caught up in all the I don't know, fame and, and hype of playing baseball or playing football, whatever the case may be, um, that they really forget about why they're playing the game. No, dude, um, especially in your generation. Now you see kids that are, like, exactly. all their scholarship offers or a coach emailed me and they're posting it. Yeah. Like, all this stuff. And it's like there's sometimes you're, you're even wondering, like, are you playing this sport because you love it? Like, do you actually even want to play in college or do you just want to, like, let everybody know? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's weird now. It's really weird. It is really weird, so. Yeah, and we kind of see it um, at the pro level how, like, the game's turning more into, like, an entertainment aspect, like, more, like, showboating home runs, like, people showing others up. Like, and I'm all for it. Like, personally, like, I like when a guy pimps a home run or a pitcher gets fired up. Um, I don't know how you necessarily feel about it. I kind of want your opinion. <laughs> Like, if someone were to pimp a home run off you, like, are you the type of guy that's going to put one in their rib cage if they stare at it a little too long? Or are you going to, like, just let it slide or maybe 
give them a little head nod after you strike them out. No, I, I think if you earn it, then you have whatever right to do whatever you want. Um, there was a kid actually that hit a home run off me last year um, in the regional semifinals. Um, it was hit very far, and <laughs> he walked 20 feet, threw the bat up 40 feet in the air. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but he earned it, so he can do whatever he wants pretty much, in my opinion. Yeah, he also won, so. We did win that game, so <laughs> it works. Yeah, who cares? No, I do agree with Zach, though. I feel like I feel like baseball a little bit more than everything else because of the slowness of the game, but they're definitely trying to do more to, like, entertain and get fans. Like, you saw that when they put the Red, the Red Sox and the Yankees in the tiny-ass field in, in England. <laughs> so they were going yard. I mean, they're definitely juicing the baseballs, too. Like, there's there's just too many things. Like, they they the old-school game of baseball is not exist anymore. Now it's about yeah. what can we do to get people to watch the sport. Um, yeah, I think, I think some of it's really good. Um, and just getting people to – getting little kids to, to watch or, um, I don't know, whoever whoever may be watching. Um, but I think it's important to grow the game in however you can. Um, so I, I guess I don't really know all they're doing or, or what they're doing, but I think probably most of it's, it's, it's for the best, I think. Now, so. speaking on this changes, the topic that Zach and I talk about a lot and that a lot of people in the baseball world are talking about – what are your thoughts on them wanting to change to a ro- like the rope the robot bumps? You know, like the what's it called? What's automated it? strike zones. Automated strike zones. Yeah. Um, I think that it sucks for catchers that are, are built on um, framing in, in their defense because that kind of takes away some of their value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that part sucks for them. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think that take that away. And I think it's a good thing. Um, just having a more perfected strike zone, because that's obviously a really big topic. And in, in today's game is mm-hmm. umpires sucking or whatever the case may be. Um, you don't got to quote it. They suck. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've heard, dude, we've asked a lot of people that, and I've never heard that response about the catcher, which is crazy to think about. You also hear the, the fact that, that people are like, well, it takes it gets rid of like human error, which is a like part of the game, you know, like like adjusting to the um, strike zone should be part of the game. Like that's other arguments of it. I as a fan, for me, I feel like the whole point of being a ref or being an ump, it, you're supposed to be as least involved as possible. You're supposed to let the sport go on, and you're supposed to guide it and make sure the rules aren't broken. And I feel like NBA is bad with it, but the MLB especially umpires are so controlling, like. Throwing dudes out just because they don't like the dude, like nothing at all. Like, who was yeah. the pitcher? Who was the pitcher this year that they were checking his hand and didn't even look at his hand? You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I think it's for the Diamondbacks. They were like, let no, me it's check probably your hand. Them. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? He li- the ump literally was like, let me check your hand. And he's like, checking his hand, just looking at him, didn't even look at his hand. And the guy was like, oh, uh, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, they yeah. threw him out. They threw him out. Yeah. Like, that's so yeah. dumb, dude. It's in like, I feel like you should have at least amount when it comes to like rules like that. Like it shouldn't be based. Like it's crazy to think about it, that a man can just stand there and in his mind choose that's a ball or strike. He yeah. Can, that's so much control. That's so much control. What other I mean, sport is, does, a, does a referee have that much control? Other than maybe MMA where they can stop it whenever they want. Yeah. I don't know. Cause for me, like when I look at it now, like there are still some really good umpires like John Lipka when he's behind home plate 
like he will have like 98, 99% accurate strike calls and ball calls throughout the game. Like he'll have one to two missed calls. Like he's very good. But one of the biggest things for him is he's still really young. Like I'm pretty sure like he's in like his still, he's still in his like young thirties. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'll have to double check that. But like some of these other umpires, they're way too old to be behind home plate anymore. Like I just don't think they can react that fast to a hundred mile an hour fastball or read the break to like some of these guys curveballs. Like it's just, it, they're way past the prime pretty much. So I don't think they'll be able to compete at this level anymore. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, no. I like what you're saying. A, a 60 year old dude can't read a hundred mile per hour fastball. He mm-hmm. just can't. I'm sorry. Like he might yeah. have expertise on it, but he can't pinpoint it. Like that thing's zooming. You can't even see it at the plate. You have to just assume it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like how is he supposed to read that dude can, that dude has a drive like this on the highway. What makes you think he can see a, a ball this fast and zoom by? Yeah, for sure. JT, what, uh, how important do you think it is to have like a stud catcher behind the home plate when you're on the mound? Like, how much of a factor is that in your performance? Do you feel? Um, I think it helps your confidence a lot. Um, just being able to throw a pitch and, and kind of wherever it is, you know, that the catcher is going to try and do a good job and not try, but do a good job in, in framing it. Um, I guess making it look better than it sometimes is. Um, and even for your sake, not just for the umpire, just being able to see, okay, that wasn't that far off. Let's stay there and, and just change a little. Let's just move it over a little bit. Um, even though it might have been a couple balls off off the plate or something like that. Um, so I, I think just visually it helps um, everything, whether that be the umpire or your confidence or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is pretty important. All right, here's a hypothetical. Yeah. Would you rather have – a 10 out of 10 catcher with an average infield and outfield behind you, or would you rather have a filthy infield and outfield with an awful catcher? <laughs> uh, that's a tough question. Um, probably average catcher, really, really good infield outfield. Uh, I don't oh, know. just hope you don't throw nothing by him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. probably that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, but, you, um, have a, you can just control the mound and have a catcher that goes yard every time he's up so you know you're not going to yeah. lose a 1-0 game. Exactly. <laughs> you can argue, yeah, you can. You can argue both points. You yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, JT, have you worked on establishing any connection with your catchers thus far? Like, have they reached out to you or you've, I guess, reached out to them yet to try to establish a connection for this upcoming year? Um, so this, this is our catcher. Uh, I'm right next to him, but he's he's not been here, um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a um, super necessary thing to reach out to him when he, he's trying to get. I think he's at the caper or something like that. So I didn't I didn't think it was very necessary for that. So yeah, I mean yeah. you're gonna be with him eventually too, and you're sitting right next. Yeah, to him. yeah, exactly. So did you get a jersey number yet? I did not. I'm super excited for that day though. Do you know Do you know when it's gonna be or what you're gonna get or? No idea. What was you? What did you rock in high school? Uh, nine. Nine. That's your number. Is that like yeah. your number? Is there that a was my number. Yeah. Mm. There, Are you gonna up? try to get it again? Uh, if I can, I'd be fine with that. Um, I think typically pitchers are, at least here, are higher numbers. Um, like high tens, low twenties, that kind of thing. Um, so we'll we'll see what I get, but 
Yeah, that'd, that'd the reason be for cool. nine being your number, like, is that like your childhood number? Like, why why nine? I don't know. I think I, I think I just wanted a single digit number junior year. I think that. Yeah, I was just like, I'm fine with it. So that Zach was the number one kid. He was that guy. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, he was that guy. Uh, He's like, I'm the first. I'm number one. Oh, I mean, I was lead off, and then senior year I was four holes, so I was like, I am number one. But heck, <laughs> I do what I had to do. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh Jesus, man, this guy, <laughs> number one kid. I was the kid that batted with sunglasses on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's always types of hitters. Y'all got oh, clean yeah. unis at Ole Miss. Dude, I was I was looking at your Instagram. Y'all got clean unis at Berkeley, dude. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, I mean, our, our Columbia jerseys were really cool. Columbia, they, they, the Navy like, blue's clean too. Like it's just like an average, like yeah. nice with the striped pants. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, Berkeley's so. got good unis, bro. They got good unis. They have really good unis. And their sports are getting better. I don't know why they got exactly. better when I was there, but I mean they're better now. I know. Ole Miss got clean unis too. Ole Miss football yeah. unis are so clean also. Yeah. That's going to be looking awesome. forward to wearing the powder blues. Excuse me? Are you looking forward to wearing the powder blues? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's worn powder blue before, though. So that was yeah, like but... Columbia blue. It's, it was a little different. Um, yeah. Bad. But, so yeah, we wore, we wore it during our visit, and it, it, it looks awesome. So I am excited. Yeah, dude, that's definitely got to be something when you're 18 years old you're thinking about. Oh, yeah. Lean as hell. You want to be trippy out there, bro. I get it. Exactly. exactly. I get it. No, they got nice. Tennessee has really nice uniforms too. There's a lot of schools. With oh yeah, uniforms. Yeah. Have you had a? Have you had like your equipment day yet? Where like they lay out the gloves, or like you get your custom gloves, bats, cleats, and whatever? Or is that when does that happen? Uh, no, not yet. I don't. I'm not really sure when that is either. That's probably even closer to season. I feel like it's probably it's probably sometime early fall. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are Nike yeah. though, right? Nike, yeah. That's so nice. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Just get Nike, whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Also, is is so when you were going to Ole Miss, was another factor at all like the success in all their sports, not just their baseball? Was that something that like you thought of as well? Like being surrounded by an amazing football team and an amazing basketball team, like and you could go do those things as well, and like be surrounded by other great athletes that aren't only baseball players. Um, at the time, I think they were suspended, so I don't even think that was or the football team was suspended. I think. So I don't, I don't think it was a very big factor. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it train though, which is hype. Yeah, now they're good. So that's that is a pretty cool part, like part of it. Um, yeah. yeah, you're definitely gonna go to a football gamer too. Oh yeah, just a couple. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd, be <laughs> so, that'd be so sick. Yeah, we yeah. had Lane Kiffin here at FAU, dude. Now I don't know how he's an old Miss, but like his presence is felt. Like, oh yeah, he was on campus. The one thing I loved about him that we don't get from Tiger is that he was on campus all the time. You would see him all the time. He'd be, like, playing pickup basketball on the outdoor courts with people. He'd be, like, hanging out in the breezeway. We'd have ESPN there all the time, like, following him up and down the breezeway. Like, he was very active in the community, and, like, it made people support him and, like, want to be a part of FAU, you know? And I, and I feel like that was something – that was one reason for his success there. And I, I can only imagine the things that man is doing in Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's summer right now, so I, I don't think – we don't really have, like, a – a lot of people up here, he might not be up here because right, I haven't seen or heard anything from him. But um, he's probably pulling on a boat in South Beach right now. Yeah, exactly. Probably Blame taking a couple of fruits on a on a boat. So yeah, dude. Now he's a dog though, dude. There's a lot of a lot of stories you're gonna yeah. probably hear yeah. about him too. Yeah, no, he was a dog. Did your uh, did your dad play baseball? 
or like he did. So he played at Mississippi State, actually. No way. Yeah. yeah. No, so were you raised a Mississippi State fan? I was. That yep. is crazy. So, That's crazy. Did he feel betrayed when you committed to Ole Miss? So he was he was pretty happy actually. He he loved the coaches and and everything about this place, but his roommates were his roommates were pissed. <laughs> Your son's a traitor. Yeah, exactly. He's like, how could you raise this? But dude, yeah. I can only imagine if I signed to like UF, my dad would have disowned me. Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. So your whole life you grew up like cheering on Mississippi State. Yeah, pretty much. We went to um we went to like a Mississippi State Alabama game when uh Dak Prescott was there. Yeah, um, that's hype. I mean, it, it was hard to travel up here and to just go see like one football game for a weekend when we were younger. So uh, we didn't watch too many games in person, but I mean, on on TV we watched a lot. For uh, sure, yeah, I loved them. Yeah. Did they recruit you at all? They reached out to you. They did a little bit, um, but it wasn't anything crazy. Dude, they're pretty nasty at baseball too, though. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're they they were bad this year, but last year they I mean they won it all. So yeah, they'll be right back though. I feel I feel like all those SEC yeah. teams that that happens. They all bounce back. Dude, that's crazy. That's so funny. You grew up now. Your <laughs> dad did he get to play at all uh, the next level or no? Uh, so he got he he got injured. I think he got drafted twice, like in the super late rounds. Um, but his senior year, he was like, I'm gonna go back to get my degree, and then. Wherever that takes me, I'll go. But I'm not. I'm not really interested in playing pro ball, and making you know, five grand a, yeah, a week or five grand a year, whatever it is. Yeah. Now, does he when in your development growing up in baseball was he like ever like was he like a hands on dad that was trying to help you out a lot, or was he kind of like letting you do your own thing, learning your own journey? I think he let he let me do my own thing, and I think that's I can attribute a lot of um, my maturity to. I think just being able to develop. Um, a good mindset and being able to be on your own at an early age and, and being able to, um, I guess, do well with it um, is kind of from um, just being able to do my own thing when I was younger and um, him not being to like, you do this, you do this, you do this, that kind of thing, like hands on. So For sure. But you were able to still like pick his brain apart a little, right? Like, did he still like, you know, teach you some of the ways? Yeah, he never really talked about like stories or anything about his his playing days. I don't. He was super um, kind of closed off about that stuff. I don't know why, but um, yeah, I mean, I he threw a good changeup, and I've tried to replicate that. It didn't really work, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was he's been pretty cool with all this like new um, like spin rate spin efficiency all this all this new stuff that's that's come out he's he's kind of done his research and um figured out all that stuff so yeah and it's yeah. cool to see that he like let you guide your own self because there's a lot of kids when they're younger like their parents especially in tampa like your your kids gonna go play baseball judgment or we're gonna go to this we're gonna do this and like so a lot of kids that don't have their own say and i feel like you you being able to have your own say and sculpt your own journey kind of helped you fall like not lose your love for the sport as well yeah, I mean, I, I think the perfect example of that is is me committing here and when he went to Mississippi State. Like, he he didn't force me to go to Mississippi State or force me not to go to Ole Miss. Like, he, he let me do my own thing and, and make my own decision. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful that he he did do that because I think I'm, I'm where I should be, so. Yeah, you talked a little bit 
about um, like RPMs and like the development of like, I guess the study of like the game, what's it kind of been like growing up with all these changes and how we like you pitching, especially with like the emergence of driveline and like these throwing programs. Do you feel like you've utilized a lot of it as you've grown up with it? Or what do you think your whole take on it is? Yeah, I feel like you try to as much as you can and just trying to soak up as much information. Um, there's so many things out nowadays that you can go look up anything you want and it, it'd be right at your fingertips. Um, so, yeah, I think you try and just as a young athlete that wants to learn and, and get better, you just try and soak up everything. So and There's so many factors in baseball. That's the yeah. thing about it is there's like it's a, such a simplistic game that has so many little factors. Yeah. So many. Like That's Zach true. and I, we're doing uh we're running the media for a summer ball collegiate team down here in South Florida. Oh, it's awesome. And I started like I thought I knew baseball, and then I started doing that, and I was like, I don't know shit. There's so many things to yeah. take account. Like now, I, I can actually say I it made me love baseball a lot more. Like I we just watched. I sat down and watched the Red Sox Yankees game. Couldn't tell you last time I was like, let's put a baseball <laughs> game on. You know, now yeah. obviously like playoffs and college world series, of course. But, like, it just makes me, like, love it so much. But, like, there's so many factors, dude. So yeah. many statistics. Like, every single thing you do in baseball, I feel like it's to a T. Yeah. It's, it really is. Um, and I think that's where the mental side comes in. Um, yeah, for sure. Being able to just zone everything out and focus on the little things um, that really matter. Um, and that's a really hard thing to do. Now, what's this uh, – Zach might know this a little bit better. What's this new thing about the pitch count that they're trying to implement? Pitch counter? Like the, yeah, the clock? The timer, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's like a 25-second rule where or something like that where once you step on the mound or, like, once you throw the pitch, you have 25 seconds to throw the next one or something like that. Um, and, it, and it used to not be a clock, right? No, yeah, there was a the clock. Be, yeah. yeah. That's why games were, like, four hours or whatever it was, so. What do you think yeah. about that? Does that change how you how you play or your approach or anything? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Would that change like your approach or like how you play or anything? Like, is that is that something you need to think about or? Um, no, not really. Um, I think I'm I'm pretty straightforward and like to work fast. So, do you think that'll change like the game for certain guys? Like, you think that's going to be a uh, it's going to have a large impact, or it's kind of just going to be like nothing? Yeah, I think I think for some people it will some people take their time and, and go really slow, um, so that'll that'll make them speed up. But um, I don't think it'll change too too much. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I was trying to think of the new rules that they've also tried to pass. I can't I remember. One, I saw one the other day. Pull it up. Especially in college, they're gonna make a bunch of new rules in college. Yeah, we were looking at that fact. Couldn't. All right, here it is. Here it is. Oh, that's all right. Never mind. All right, all right, here it is. So, the modification to the 20 second pitch clock that would give pitchers only one step off or fake throw per batter to reset the clock. This does not include pickoff attempts. Action clocks will be visible on the field. Celebratory props not allowed outside the dugout. Expanded video replay reviews for umpires to see if malicious con contact or misconduct occurred. Either by conference rule or mutual consent, all extra innings would start with runners on second base. That is awesome. That's awesome. Three foot fence like protective netting on the dugouts. JT, do you like the idea of starting a runner at second base and extra innings, or do you think 
it should go back to normal. I don't mind it. I don't, I don't think there's a, a big problem with it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. To be honest, I don't really have a, a say in that, I think. Like, I think I don't it gives it more of an overtime feel. You know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you got to go guess. for two in football, I feel like it's kind of like that. Like, there's, like, a little flame under your ass. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't really mind it either way, I guess. Yeah, I was never much of a pitcher. They, I, uh, I don't know why I always pitch good against Berkeley. Like, <laughs> I, I literally was terrible, but I would get thrown in every time we'd face Berkeley. I remember Spencer Myers, back to back years he played was zero for four against me, and I was like, that guy squinted at Notre Dame and he couldn't touch me. So I don't want to hear shit from anyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. For me, pitching with runners in scoring position, I guess I kind of like geeked out a little bit or kind of just like couldn't compose myself as much. I would take way too long staring off runners or like making sure they wouldn't steal. Um, but I like to pick people off a lot as well. I don't, have you worked on developing your pickoff move at all since you've been at Ole Miss or do you think yours is like good enough where it's at? Not here at least. Um, I, I thought I had a pretty good pickoff move and being able to hold runners well, mm-hmm. um, at least last year at Berkeley. So um, I think once, once we're in, doing practices and stuff like that. I think that's going to become a bigger thing. Um, but yeah, not, not really right now. It's just kind of ramping up the throw. So. Yeah. All right. I got a little hypothetical for you. Let's say you have a SEC rivalry game and one of the other guys plunks your guys and the dugouts are getting a little hyped up. If bench is clear, are you charging out there? You backing up your teammates? I mean, I do I do pretty much anything for most of these guys, even already. Um, so I, I guess I have to. How how no. often do brawls happen in college baseball? Do they happen at all? Not often, really, at all. I feel like if there's a team you're going to brawl, it's going to be Tennessee. Louisville. Louisville? <laughs> no. Well, that, well not anymore. Oh, because you're talking about that one pitcher they used to have? Yeah. I don't Who? know. He wore the goggles. He was gross. Oh, I don't know. He was gross. Yeah. No, I just feel like Tennessee are the kind of kids that are like, you know, like, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Nothing um, was funnier, yeah. though, than when Notre Dame beat them and in their postgame interview, they're like, yeah, we helped start this dynasty. And, like, someone's like, you never won a national title. You're not a dynasty. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, JT, listen, man, thank you for giving us some of your time, coming on and talking. It was great meeting you. It was great getting to hear your story and, and everything. I hope you had a, a great time as well. Um, and hopefully we can get you on again, maybe closer to the season and see how much you've developed from now and then. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, super fun answering questions and just being able to talk about random stuff. So Hell yeah, man. Hey, you you go yeah. be a fun and have fun being an 18-year-old Ole Miss after winning a national title. You're going to have a good time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah, man. Thank yeah. you, bro. All right, yeah. Nice to be All right, thanks,